What does Colgate mean by live life to the brightest? Could it be a rich glass of red sipped inside a Parisian cafe on a snowy night when my gaze is met by a tall, mysterious... I mean, brushing is directed with Colgate Optic White Pro Series Toothpaste gives you a visibly whiter smile in just three days so you can live life to the brightest and finish that glass without worrying about teeth stains. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. We're getting right into it. That's it. It's a Sharp Tongue podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie May. Happy belated Father's Day, everybody. My dad's dead. That's what my sister and I kept saying as we celebrated Father's Day in Las Vegas. Even though our dad's dead, we celebrated it in his one of his favorite places on earth, Las Vegas, Nevada. And uh, if you can hear the sound, that's me pouring wine. Because as I was preparing for this podcast, yeah, shocker, I do prepare for things sometimes. I was preparing for this podcast I was listening to voicemails that I kept of my father and uh, my messages that my dad had left me years ago. And, you know, I was like, oh, I'll just listen to some messages, see if there's any funny ones. And I just proceeded to break down into an ugly cry and then poured myself red wine. (laughs) I was like, oh, I can handle this. Yeah, this will be fine. Totally, I'll talk about Father's Day, talk about how much fun it was to be in Vegas with my sister and her babies and her husband, and, you know, and then I was like, oh, maybe I want to listen to one of the voicemails that I kept from him, you know, and then went to listen to him, tears came, just falling right down my face, so it's not dark out yet here in Los Angeles, it's six, six in the afternoon, Evening, whatever you want to call it. So I was like, you know what? Mama needs wine. Mama needs some freaking wine. I hope you guys were able to celebrate your Father's Day. And I hope your dad's still around. And and, uh, if he's not around, he might be dead, which would make you a member of the Dead Dads Club. Hello. You are not alone. I'm also a member of the Dead Dads Club. My father passed away. If you're just tuning in, uh, my father passed away in October from Alzheimer's, which is so much fun. Oh, it's so much fun. If you're, if you're saying to yourself, you know, I love life. I got a lot of family. I, I have a roof over my head. I have a job. You know what's missing? You know what's really missing? Some emotional angst. 
get Alzheimer's. <laughs> Diseases should come with commercials like that. Like how there's like late night infomercials for products. Diseases and, you know, things that ail people should have commercials. Do you like memories? Do you love your loved ones? Do you want to see your dad? You want to have your dad walk you down the aisle? Well, none of that's going to happen. Alzheimer's. We're going to take it all away from you. (laughs) Hey, are you sick of having comfortable feet? Do you want something that makes it so uncomfortable you can't walk, you can't bend down, and you're in in just in pure anguish? Gout coming at you. I think that would be a great idea just to let you know what you're in for. You know, <laughs> oh, fucking Father's Day. I, it was, it's my first Father's Day without my dad. That's the whole point of all this. First Father's Day without my dad. And boy, holy hell, did I need red wine. I needed it then, I need it now, but I'm in moderation. You can't go cray. You guys know me. I'm, I'm, I do everything in moderation, except for Dick. I do everything in moderation. But man, that first Father's Day, I didn't even think about it. I didn't even consider it. My sister was going out to Vegas to see Gaga. We went and saw Lady Gaga, which was so inspiring for Father's Day. Her dad was there. We saw him. My sister met Lady Gaga's mom, Cynthia. Shout out to Cynthia Gaga. Shout out to Cynthia Gaga. Um, and then I shouted out to, to Gaga's dad. My dad's dad. No, we, her, her show was amazing. Gaga like came down from the ceiling. She flew down from the ceiling playing one of those guitar piano things that I think Pee Wee Herman was very proficient in. You know, those like piano things you you put over your shoulder and you just play it like you're just, you know, living your life. I'm just here playing a piano guitar. <laughs> she came down from the fucking ceiling. Are you kidding me? Landed on stage, proceeded to do like at least a 90-minute Vegas show with about five changes. Sang all the hits. You better believe she sh- she shank. <laughs> You better believe she shank. <laughs> you better believe she shank. She sang shallow. <laughs> oh god! Wow, that was tedious. That was a very stressful sentence to get out. You better believe she sang shallow. Bam. Slipped right out the fourth time. (laughs) She sang shallow and all of us, I honestly was like if Bradley Cooper, newly single Bradley Cooper and newly single Gaga. Yeah, that's right. She broke up with her agent fiance. Good move, Gaga. Can't date agents. Gross. I mean, they're great, but gross. Uh, I honestly said to myself, if Bradley Cooper walks out on this stage, I am going to squirt. Not only am I going to squirt, it's going to be projectile because 
myself and uh, Megan, who is my sister, my sister-in-law, kind of. It's a, the, the family relations are difficult to, do, to, you know, point out here. But Megan, who I was sitting next to, her and I were luckily sat around a group of geriatrics. I don't know if they got the tickets for free. The whole venue was sold out. It's like 5,500 seats. Gaga sold it out. But I'm not much of a, you know, I'm not going nuts. Unless, like, I'm not going nuts. I love Gaga. Let, let me just, let me just, I love Gaga. She's amazing. I think she's very talented. I'm not throwing my panties at her. You know what I mean? Like, my sister probably was. She sat in a different section. She sat in the I will lick your sweat section. <laughs> Okay, and Megan and I sat in the, we'll sit down for this number section. I wore heels. You know, I came out. I came through. I was there for the moment. I beat my face. I put on an outfit. I had a bedazzled bra. You better believe Mama Peluso came through with with full intention to turn heads. Okay? But I also wanted to sit down. (laughs) So luckily we were sat behind a few geriatrics who just did not want to get up whatsoever. But man, did Gaga, God, she can sing. She sang live. There was no track. She produces her music. She writes her music. She danced. She had wardrobe changes. She was flying from the fucking ceiling. I mean, this girl just like honestly gave it her all. And it made me feel like, I need to step up my game. Like, I honestly was like, can I enter the comedy stage from the ceiling? Is that too much? (laughs) Is it? (gasps) Is it too much? I mean, I feel like the fans deserve it. You guys deserve it, you know? And maybe, maybe, maybe I need a wardrobe change. Why aren't comedians stepping up the game? Maybe I should change my wardrobe on stage to fit the flow of the jokes. Like as we go along this ride together and we get deeper into the set, I need to take clothes off and change into something a little more appropriate, like a straight jacket. (laughs) But she was so amazing. I got a hoodie. You know, I love to rock my hoodies. I got a hoodie. We we went out and partied a little bit. It, It was very inspirational and you know, it was cool to see Lady Gaga's dad there because it was Father's Day weekend and it was the end of her run at the MGM. She's there. For, she's got like a two-year residency, something like a $70 million contract. Are you fucking kidding me? And it's not even like a full two years because she's off from October. She's off from now until October. June till October, she has off. Are you kidding me? You know how much I get paid for my shows? Chicken tenders. (laughs) I love what I do. I love what I do, you know. But 70 million, that's a pretty sweet deal for one gig. That's one gig. That's not even counting her shallow money. What was that movie? A a shark is born. A star is born. (laughs) Shark's going to be born after I drink this bottle of wine. I'll tell you that much. She's, that's not even counting her stars born money. That's just the Vegas money. That's just the Vegas residency. She's got like perfumes. She's got House of Gaga, which is in the, the hotel in the park MGM. 
She's got that money. She's got her merch money. Bitches were buying shit. I know because I bought some. People were lined up. People were dressed like her. I saw a dude. I saw like, listen, I love everybody. You guys know I'm open. I love everybody. Love is love. If you want to like dress as SpongeBob and fuck your loved one who's Sonic the Hedgehog, live your truth. I love everybody. But sometimes I see stuff and I'm just not prepared. And my mind has never seen it. So we're just trying to catalog it. You know, we're just trying to catalog the moment. I saw a lumberjack in high heels and bright pink lipstick and jean shorts. And I just, I was conflicted. That's all. He obviously was gay, but like legit, if you took away the lipstick and heels, he looked like he was a lumberjack. And that just goes to show you that gay doesn't have a uniform, you know, and and the types of people who go out to the Gaga concert are just all walks of life. And some of them motherfuckers are dudes walking in high heels. (laughs) Okay. Okay. And you can't judge. You can't judge. Don't be judgy. Don't. If you're judging, you have too much time on your hands. I don't have enough time to judge. I'm too busy. I'm reading. I'm engaging. I'm giving back. I'm performing. I'm too busy to judge. I'll still judge you, but not that much. If you have that much time on your hands to be like, honestly afraid of people like that, then you just need to fill your mind with some more education. That's what I think. Maybe, maybe if you're a straight dude who's judging a lumberjack with fuchsia lipstick and Louis Vuitton pumps, you might want both. Maybe you should try on some heels. Take those heels for a walk around the block. Come back at me. Tell me how you felt. Did it feel good to stretch those calves? Huh? Greg? (laughs) You know? Mm. My mom got me this side note because I need to fill... Oh, fuck. I'm dropping everything. I got my my edible droplets on the sta- on the desk here. My mom got me this amazing little... It's like a wine aerator. And you pour your wine through the aeration thing and it makes it taste better. You guys want to hear? Because I need another glass of wine. Hold on. I'm, by the way, this episode brought to you by uh, unofficially Coastal Estates Pinot Noir. Only brought to you by because it's what I'm drinking. Here we go. Can you guys hear that? I know you can't answer, but I hope you can hear it. Hold on. Let me get it better. Here we go. Oh, fuck. I just spilled wine all over my goddamn comedy notes. Son of a bitch. (laughs) This wine, Coastal Estates, really good cheap like cheap as in price wine it's delicioso loving it loving it loving it it's bringing all of the happiness really and just a couple glasses it's all you need just a couple glasses it's only because i listened to my dad's my dead dad's voicemail and i couldn't handle it i kept a bunch and you know my sister and i we decided we were in vegas and decided to you know Actually, we didn't decide. We realized, because my sister only went to Vegas to see Gaga, we realized that it was Father's Day and uh, that we didn't have a dad to celebrate. (laughs) It's a weird thing. You know, it's a weird thing to lose somebody. Not only to, like, just lose somebody, but to lose the person. 
Like my dad was my person. Like he still is my person. You can still have relationships with somebody once they're gone. It just gets a little more awkward. <laughs> but I hope you guys are able to like spend time with your dads. If you have a good dad, here glasses up to all the good dads. Cheers to the good dads. Cheers to the dads who, you know, want to be good and they know they fuck up, but they try their best. Cheers to you motherfuckers. Cheers to the ones who go to the games and show up to the recitals and, you know, threaten the boyfriends with the shotguns. You guys matter. You know, you're you're good dudes. You you show up with love and we appreciate you. So I'm going to sip to you. And to the dads who don't show up, who are losers, who make excuses, who don't pay the alimony that the that the family deserves, suck a dick. I have a um I have a a very adorable lumberjack and high heels and fuchsia lipstick that I'd like you to meet. <laughs> but my sister and I were there. My dad loved Vegas. Oh God, did he love to gamble. This motherfucker. He would lose the money as quick as he wanted. I remember one time we went to Vegas when I turned 21. I decided I wanted to ring in my 21st year in Vegas. And I went with my father. I went with my sister, my friend Jen, uh, Jen Gear, Aaron Birmingham, Tia Webb, my boyfriend at the time, Randall Wooten. Shout out to Randall for the, for, of the Blue Man Group. My sister. We all went and we turned the fuck up. Look, if you're going to go to Vegas, you only need three nights, three days. You don't even need that fourth day. You should spend that last day getting the fuck out of Vegas. <laughs> Vegas will eat you up and spit you out every single time. Every single time. It's not a place where you wake up and get a smoothie. You know? It's not a place where you can, like, just, like, have avocado toast and get a light nap in. No. It's... It's it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So we went for my 21st birthday. And at that time, I was living in Boston, and my friend Jen and Aaron were in Boston. My friend Tia and Emily and my dad came from Syracuse and Randall and I came from Boston and we partied hard. I'll never forget. We're all getting settled. We all came from different places, you know, and we're getting settled. We stayed at the MGM, which is crazy because I was just at the MGM this past weekend. And my dad had been to Vegas many times before because, you know, gambling and he wanted to call down. We were in the my room, and he wanted to call the front desk to see how much a six-pack of Amstel Light was. He wanted to show us just how expensive it was to order because we were debating on where to get our alcohol. We were like, well, let's just order room service, and we'll get alcohol. My dad's like, no, 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 no. You don't want to do that. And we're like, why? He's like, it's too expensive. We're like, how bad could it be? Joy P's like, how bad? This is how bad. So he calls down for Amstel Light. And, the, and this was, I'm, I'm 36 now. I was 21, you know, that was 15 years ago. God, I'm so cute, but damn, does time fly? Side note, save all your voicemails from your parents or your loved ones. Save them, put them in a Dropbox folder or something. So 15 years ago, this is how much of a, of a price difference. My dad's like, oh, y'all want to 
order from room service and get some alcohol. Well, let's just, let me show you why we should go off the strip and go to the liquor store and stock up instead of ordering from the hotel. And he calls down. He's like, oh yeah, can I, can I just inquire about the price of a six pack of Amstel Light? You guys are probably like, what's Amstel Light? Motherfuckers aren't even drinking it anymore. I think it was made with rocket fuel. I don't even know what it was made out of. And the front desk lady was like, $65, $65 for a six pack. I got to, I can't even do that math. I got to put it into my phone. 65 divided by six, $10 a beer. That's so expensive when like a six pack is really like $10. So when you should be getting 10, you know, six, 10 packs. Oh God, I can't do math. When you should be getting a lot more, you're just getting, you know, a very expensive hotel bill. So we just, we just trucked our asses right off the strip, went and bought our liquor. We stocked up our, our hotels with coolers and ice and just lived that lavish life. We drank so hard and so fast that first night. We drank so hard and so fast. Like we didn't even know when, what day was what, and, and if we ever had, I'd be back. I remember we got so drunk and we ended up at a bar. I forget the name of it. We were hanging out with our uh, friends from the Shintas. You guys may have heard me talk about them if you've been a longtime listener of this podcast. If not, it's this group that I used to go see as a kid. My dad would take me. Entertainment groups, singing, comedy, amazing. And they were, they had a residency in, in Vegas and they took us out and they kept yelling at us, pace yourself, pace yourself. Little did they know we had been drinking since noon when we went off the strip and got our, you know, our cheap liquor. Cut to my dad who was wasted at the bar at the club we were at. Shout out to any 21-year-olds partying with their fathers. It's cool. Trust me. Listen, hanging out with your parents isn't uncool. It's not uncool. It's, it's totally cool when you consider how fast time flies. Hang out with your dad. Hang out with your mom. My mom and I day drink and go to Target all the time. So back to Vegas, my dad came out and partied with us. We were partying hard, laughing. I have photos from this night. Literally have photos from this night. My dad passed out drunk on a trash can. (laughs) Cold. Passed out and leaned up against it, passed out. And then he got woken up by people who were trying to throw their drinks out. And he got pissed because he wanted to know why people wanted him to keep drinking because he thought it was waitresses bringing him over cocktails. He didn't realize he was on the trash can and that it was actual, you know, actual patrons of the bar trying to throw their drinks out. My dad's like, what the fuck are you doing? I can't drink anymore. Do you see me? (laughs) Joey P. One of the greatest. Just one of the great... Honestly, my dad was my drinking partner before I was even legal. He used to let me drink. You know, he he let me have a couple beers. We used to go up to camp. We had a camp on Pleasant Lake, upstate New York, Governor. And we would just, you know, we'd drink beers all day. Just him and I. I'm looking at a photo of him right now holding a... Like, basically half of a tree... That, that fell down. He's holding the stick. I, I, I don't know why he's holding like this, the, a small trunk of a tree in a Labatt blue. <laughs> <laughs> he's just up in the woods, smiling, holding like a small tree and a beer. It, he was a man's man. 
I don't know if you guys saw my tribute to him on Father's Day. He was a man's man. He loved this camp. We loved this camp so much. He just loved to be out in the water. He loved beer. He loved to just play the, you know, have music playing. He'd go fishing. He was a terrible fisherman. This dude, he couldn't, he, he, he couldn't catch a, 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 a bee if he had just a, a bowl of honey on him. He was so terrible at catching things, but he loved to be out on that lake. One time he rented a, a boat and he didn't see if it worked or not. He just rented it from one of his friends because we used to go up to this camp every summer. Him and I would go for like a week and my sister would show up after, you know, because she was cool. She was a teenager at this time. So she was like too cool to hang out with her dad. She was too busy sucking dick in college. And so, you know, she'd show up the second week and my dad and I would hang out the first week. And I remember he got this boat from a friend. He didn't know if it worked or not. We, you know, and it's a, it's an ordeal to trail a boat. You have to hook it up to your car. And back then, you know, I don't know how it works now because I haven't trailed a boat in a hot minute. But I don't know, like the hookups, you had to hook up the lights so that the signal light worked on the trailer and people could see when you're switching lanes so that the boat, you know, the, the light underneath the boat was, was showing, indicating which lane you're switching into. So like we had to do all this. We had to hook up the boat, hook up to the trailer, d- you know, tow that thing all the way to the camp, put it in. You know, you got to back it up. You got to do And my dad, God, his temper was fucking brutal. My father's temper, he'd go from zero to a hundred real quick. Boy, he was like the exorcist. <laughs> and then cut to me like, you know, in my adult years, my mom told me, oh yeah, your dad is, was on Prozac from the day that they released it. We put him on it. Like, yeah, I will take, I'll take 200 packs of Prozac. Apparently my father had quite the temper and he was on that happy pill, quote unquote, since the day it was released. But man, putting that boat in the water. He was such an anal retentive dude and he would scream at me, babe, you gotta be careful. You gotta be careful. I'm like, dad, we're good. We got all this water. We're good. Just back the boat in. He would like freak out and then we get the boat in. And I'll never forget because I, he had to take, he had to drive the car back to the camp. Cause I didn't really know how to drive the car with the, with the hitch on it, with, you know, that thing you put the the boat on. Is that what it's called? Like the hitch, you know, the thing you, you put the boat on and you put it in the back of the car. I didn't know how to drive a car with that. So he had to take that back to the camp and I had to take the boat. And I'll never forget this one year when he got the boat from his friend, we put it in the lake and he pulls off, you know, we wave to each other cause the boat started and then I go to kind of accelerate it. And now it's one of these little boats, you know, it's one with the, with the the motor on the back and the steering is on the actual motor. It's a small fishing boat. Nothing fancy. You know, we didn't grow up fancy. Very, very just modest, cute fishing boat. My dad pulls off and I go to kind of like give it some more gas and it doesn't go anywhere. It just goes one speed. <laughs> it went one fucking speed and it didn't it didn't even shift a gear it was like slower than one of them pontoon boats you know those pontoon boats that just putt putt along yeah this one couldn't go any faster it was hilarious it was so slow and we we laughed our asses off all the whole two weeks that we were at camp that time because the boat was so slow there's nothing we could do about it that was the speed it was going. So we took advantage of it. We took photos of us. We, w- we put the tube on the back of the boat. 
And then we stood on the tube and took photos. And in the photo, it looked like we were going maximum speed. You know, and I'm not talking about like point with your cell phone, click, you got the photo. I'm talking like we took photos with an actual camera, brought that film to get processed and looked at the geniuses that we were. And, you know, the dude processed the film like, wow, you guys are like, you know, are you guys uh, lake performers? And we're like, yes, yes, we are. Um, the boat went negative two miles an hour and we called it the dome dog because <laughs> we're from upstate New York, Syracuse, Carrier Dome. We called it the Dome Dog, and we laughed all week because of it. <laughs> it was one of the funniest things ever. And, and it was there where, you know, my dad and I would just hang out, and we would drink beers. We would do crosswords. We'd play Trivial Pursuit. I don't know if you guys know Trivial Pursuit. It's a board game, but it's about facts and questions. It's such a great old-school game to play. My dad... He was an endless encyclopedia of information. And w- when it came to like little data bits, little nano bits of information, he was your man. He knew a little bit about everything. He loved history. And he could, you know, you could ask him a question about anything and he had an answer. He, he would have been perfect on Jeopardy. That's the kind of mind he had where he just sort of, you know, his his ability to recall information over a spectrum of subjects was just amazing because then he'd also fall down a flight of stairs. <laughs> he fell all the time. This dude was such a, he was like the smartest klutz I ever met in my life. I remember one time he left me a voicemail after he fell. Let me see if I can find it. That's Jan. I did my car I fell down twice and hit my arm with my hip. I'm not going to go out. I can't go out. I'm not going to drive. I'm not going to walk around. I can do nothing. Jesus Christ, I can't go to bed. Don't call me when you get your message, okay? He fell down. He always fell down. I can't tell you how many times he fell down at camp. God, he fell down so many fucking times. And now I, I, both my parents are klutzy. I get my klutziness from both of my parents. One time at camp, oh my God, my, my dad fell down. There's one time he fell down. He fell up the stairs. And these weren't regular stairs in his defense because our, our camp was on a lake and it was a rocky lake. It's not like a sandy beach. So they had to build these camps into the sides of the embankment, which led down to the water, which which was usually a kind of a tough terrain, you know, grass and rock. So they essentially had to like build around all of that natural land to sort of find a staircase. And the stairs we had weren't like these nice deck stairs. They were these cement, long concrete stairs that led down to the water. And it, you basically could walk a, like to almost two steps within one stair because they were so long but they were the same height as regular stairs. So it was a weird way to walk. It wasn't like walking down a regular staircase where it's just, you know, a quick, easy thing. This, you're like stepping down, walking two steps, stepping down, walking two steps. And apparently that was too much for my dad to go up with. (laughs) I remember this day. He was walking up the stairs. I don't remember. I was young. My parents are still together. You know, my parents separated when I was like nine or 10. So this is when I was really young. But I remember him walking up the stairs and, and because of that little extra walk 
and then stepping up, my dad couldn't calculate it, and he just went, he just ate shit in his shins. He just cut open his shins completely. He was just bleeding like he just got attacked on his shins by a couple of vampires. (laughs) (laughs) That was a long-ass time ago. But the other time he fell, oh, my God. My sister and I constantly, whenever new people come into our circle, we tell them the story. Oh, God, I need another sip of wine. We were at camp one year. And when I say camp, it's on a lake. Like I said, Pleasant Lake. The beauty about Pleasant Lake, Peasant, Pleasant Lake, is that it's almost the shape of Italy. The actual lake almost looks like the boot of Italy with a little extra fabric, if you will, on some of the sides. And it's in an upstate, very rural area of upstate New York, Governor, New York, which uh, is the land of the lifesaver, the man who created... Lifesavers is from Governor, as well as my mom's family. Hence why we found the lake. It's near where my mom grew up. It's pitch black. It's country up there. So if you arrive at night, there aren't streetlights. And where we parked our car on our campsite, there weren't any lamps, you know, and we weren't staying in tents. We had these like cabins that were very bare minimum. We had electricity. We had plumbing. You know, we had walls and windows. But it was very basic. You know, it wasn't anything fancy. Things were falling apart. Dead flies were in the screens, in the trays of the screens. And, you know, linoleum was on the floor. And old linen, like cotton drapes were hung over the windows with stains on them. So it's it's not anything fancy. But we loved it. And I remember one night we pulled up pitch black, country night black. And we had just left a Shinta show, actually. And you're like, what the fuck is a Shinta? I told you before. Google them. I grew up watching them. When I was a kid, it was my first exposure to entertainment. Probably one of the reasons why I got into stand-up comedy and becoming an entertainer was because of the Shintas. And they're from Buffalo, New York, and group of Italians who just did music and comedy. They used to perform not too far from our camp. And so we were coming back from a Shinta show with my friend Amy Gazarowski, my best friend growing up, and my sister and my dad, And we pull up and it's pitch black. And my dad, you know, turns the car lights off. Doesn't think to keep them on until we get up to the, at least to the stairs. No, no, no. Joey P shuts it off, gets us out of the car and locks the doors. Mr. Security was his nickname. And and he's like, holy shit, be careful. I can't see my hand in front of my face. It's so goddamn dark. It was pitch black. (laughs) He's like, I can't see my hand in front of my face. It's so goddamn dark. (laughs) And my sister and Amy and I are laughing just because the way he says he says shit was so funny. He's like, holy shit, be careful. It is dark out here. I can't see a goddamn thing. And we're laughing walking towards the camp. My dad was completely disoriented. The dark threw him off. He had no sense of, of direction, and he just wandered. And then the next thing we heard was rustling of leaves and snapping of sticks and trees. <laughs> <laughs> and we kept my sister and Amy and I kept laughing and walking away from him. This was years ago. This was like 20 years ago. And we're laughing and walking away from him and he's just like, "Where? What the fuck?" And we hear like a crash, like he crashed into like branches. <laughs> And 
And we go up the camp. There's the staircase. We have to walk up. It's still pitch black, but we had enough wits about us to like have somewhat of a mapping system. Our brains provided us with a better mapping system than Joe Peluso's where we were able to like guesstimate where to walk to get where we needed to go. And Joey P's like, holy shit, we could hear him in the distances the further we walked away. He's like, where the fuck am I? He didn't know where he was. He crashed into something. He's like, what the fuck? Swearing. He's like, oh, son of a bitch. Like he, He's like, I can't get out. We go up to the camp and we turn on the light and the light shone perfectly through the window directly down on my father who had fallen inside of a of a flower pot <laughs> it, a giant flower pot like when people take those barrels those wooden barrels like you age scotch or wine in and they gut them and they put flowers in them my dad was inside of one of those <laughs> going oh shit my shits where am I and we laughed so hard we let we still laugh about it i can still feel myself back in that moment we laughed so hard and if we didn't help him i don't know we might have gone back down i don't really remember it's a weird thing about memories like they just become flashes after a certain amount of time but we might have gone down and gotten him out because <laughs> i don't know if he could have gotten himself out <laughs> and he comes back in the camp and he's bleeding from his shins he cut his shins again this is like 10 years after the first shin bleed incident. <laughs> and he's bleeding from his shins. And we are, la- I mean, like pissing ourselves with laughter, my sister, Emily, and Amy and I. And it was one of those nights, and then we all kind of calmed down. We went to bed. But it was one of those nights that you just would recall what happened previously in the evening. <laughs> and you'd start to laugh and like Amy would start to giggle and that would just get my sister giggling and me giggling and then in the other room you'd hear my dad go shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) oh god we had so many amazing times up at that camp it was it, it honestly was such an amazing place a place where my father and I bonded you know, it was just him and I most of the time we were up there, and it was just him and I, and as cheesy as it sounds, in nature, just the sound of the wind through the trees and the, the, the feel of the sun on your skin and the sound of bugs and birds trying to fuck and the quiet sound of the ebb and flows of a lake. And it was an amazing time for us. It 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 was a tradition. It was a tradition that my mother had from when she was a little girl that she introduced my dad to when they got married. And even after through my parents's, my parents's, <laughs> my parents getting separated, I combined three words into one. My father fell in love with it. So my mother gave it to him. She didn't go up anymore after my parents got separated, really. My father loved it so much. She was like, you go and you bring the girls And so my dad and I would go up there for two weeks every summer. And it was our favorite thing to do. Honestly, it was what I looked forward to every summer until I was about, man, God, I'm trying to remember the last time was that we went up there and I can't remember. You know, I'm pretty sure him and I, the last time we went up there together as a family, I, I was there. 
I brought him up a couple years ago, and this was the year that we knew he was sick. Well, at this at this point, I didn't really we didn't really know he was sick because it was the summer before his diagnosis in 2017, and he passed in 2018. And so we knew something was up in like July. We just didn't know what. And so I brought him up. Just you know, you try and it's. it's I guess I treated the trip kind of like you treat an ex when you go back. You know, you go back to see if there's any magic to try and rekindle the magic, to try and fill in some space in your soul and your psyche to try and like recuperate some of those emotions. And it's never the same. It's, it's, it's always evolved. It's never going to be as good as it was in the moment. It can't be. Otherwise it wouldn't be special. And, and I remember bringing him there. I have photos of him being there and we only went for the day. We didn't go for the two week that we normally went and he fished. I brought bunny bitch, my little dog. And we brought some beers in a cooler. We stopped by one of the local bait and tackle places. I got him some fresh worms and crayfish and he just casted off the dock, sat there and you know, fished. He didn't catch shit cause he was terrible. <laughs> He sat there and I'm sure he reminisced, you know, it made me think of one of the one times that we went out on the dome dog when I was a kid and, you know, he was fishing and this boat's small. It's a really small boat that we took out that dome dog from back in the day. And I just remember being on that boat when I was a kid and I'm in the front, my dad's in the back near the, near the, um, motor and he goes to cast and I'm not paying much attention. I'm just like sunbathing, you know, kind of looking over the edge of the boat. He goes to cast and then I feel this burning sensation in my middle finger and then my hand get pulled back. My father caught me. <laughs> he caught me. He casted so hard. He caught me, he caught my middle finger with his freaking pull with his hook. It went right through my skin. <laughs> I was remembering this as I was sitting there with him two summers ago. And this this happened like over 20 years ago. And I was screaming. I was screaming like he meant to do it. I was at the top of my lungs like, he caught my finger. And my dad had to turn the boat on, but because the boat only went slow, he couldn't make it back to the, I mean, it was such a slow go back to the dock. And I'm like, get me back to mom. I want mom. (laughs) We got back to the dock and my mom's like, what the fuck happened? I'm like, dad caught me. He intentionally caught me. I am, I am a, I am a rock bass. <laughs> and I thought about that. Uh, <laughs> so many of my fucking memories, so many funny memories come from that place. And I, the last time I brought him there, we just kind of sat in silence like we used to do and just enjoyed the day together. And it, that was the last time he was ever up there. 
because later in that year is when the Alzheimer's took over and we lost him within a year later. But, you know, as sad as that sounds, we got away lucky. We got away lucky. Even though I don't really believe in luck, we were fortunate. Maybe I should say fortunate because he could have been dealing with it for a long time. And as you guys know, if you've been keeping up with my my story, my father from diagnosis to death was only a year. That's it. Most people suffer for 10 years with this, a slow decline, especially when it comes to neurological issues. It can be a slow decline with Lou Gehrig's, with Parkinson's, Alzheimer's. Any one of those types of diseases can be a slow fucking burn. But we got off easy, and I had a full life with a dude. He was a present father. That's what I was talking about before for Happy Father's Day. It's only for those dudes who give a fuck. And anybody else who's a, who doesn't give a fuck or doesn't put effort forth, you're just a sperm, sperm donor. That's it. My dad was amazing, and I'll carry that with me for the rest of my life. And I'm still going through the grieving process, and I wanted to get into it on this episode, but there's not enough time. I did some research. We'll talk about it next week. Uh, man, Italians do some weird shit when it comes to grief. <laughs> <laughs> they do some weird shit. They really, really do. Some weird, weird shit. But speaking of weird shit, it's time for a segment that I created a, a few months ago for people dealing with some bullshit, some weird shit, some annoying shit where they need some advice on, mainly dealing with people who drive them nuts and make them question themselves. A little segment I like to call This Bitch. So this week's This Bitch is brought to us by a gentleman who I'm not sure if I can say his name yet or not. (laughs) So maybe I'll wait and read through this and see. So this bitch is basically a segment where you guys can send me in a story, a brief story about somebody who's driving you nuts. And I can give you some unsolicited and highly, highly uh, unprofessional advice. So this bitch head shop edition, it says in the, in the subject, it says, Hey Jesse, love your Instagram and podcast. Here's my submission for this bitch. Uh, I worked at a head shop last week. This bitch came in looking for a one-hitter. Keep in mind, this bitch is a 60-something white guy that looks like he lives on a golf course. (laughs) I'm like, cool, no problem. Show him the dugouts, bats, chillums, and basically everything I consider a one-hitter. All right. This bitch starts losing it. These aren't one-hitters, he says. I'm like, WTF, bitch. They, these are fucking one-hitters. This bitch says, no, they are not. I want a one-hitter that looks like a bull. I'm like, no problem. Get a bull piece and just put in one hit. Exactly. Uh, this bitch says, no, I want the smallest bowl you have. I give it to him. He says, "Not no, too big. Oh, my God, we got Goldilocks here. Find the smallest out of hundreds of pipes we have. Have very little under two inches. Not too big, this bitch says. This guy wants the micro-penis equivalent of bowl pieces. <laughs> I'm starting to lose it. 
<laughs> there aren't that many one-inch bulls have shotguns, bitch. Seriously, there aren't that many teeny one-hit bulls out there. Finally, after what seemed like an hour, he finds his perfect one-hitter. It's, an, it's a half-inch-long bull-piece pendant that is for necklaces. I know those. You guys have seen those, the douchebags with the pendants on their necklaces like they can't be away from their weed for two seconds, like some bitch in her emotional support poodle. This bitch was finally happy and left the store. I wish I could see him on the golf course trying to pack it and hold it. His tiniest bull anyone has ever seen. <laughs> Hope you like my story. I have more if you want. Thomas L. Listen, I think you handled that just right. With a little bit of humor, you informed him of the sizes you had available. It just sounded like this particular individual didn't understand how weed worked, how bowls worked, or what a one-hitter really was. I mean, a one-hitter is just that. It's a one-hitter. And your best bet is to get one of those fake cigarette one-hitters where you grind up your weed, get it ready to go all the time, and you just stack your one-hitter out the dough. Boom, boom, boom. Little packy, packy, pack. Light it up, hit it, put it down, and quit it. Everybody knows that. Ask your dad for a happy Father's Day. All those dads that weren't around, they're one-hit quitters. <laughs> hit it and quit it. <laughs> That's terrible. That's terrible. Thank you, Thomas. I think you dealt with that dude just poetically. I really think you brought in what you needed to working at a head shop where you have to help your customers, but also don't let them try and act like they know more information when they're actually a little bit naive to the situation. You let him know, no, that's not a one hitter. Chad, I feel like it was a Chad you were dealing with. Good for you. Fuck that guy. Tell him just to pack a full bowl and stop being a bitch on the golf course. You guys are delightful. Uh, I hope you enjoyed a little bit of my uh, personal podcast this week. We've been having a lot of guests, and I miss just talking to you guys. I miss just shooting the shit, talking about whatever's on my mind. And, And since it was my first Father's Day without my dad... I thought it was a good time to sort of sort of share some stories, seashell by the seashores. <laughs> share some stories about this magnificent man that I was lucky enough, fortunate enough to call my father, Mr. Joseph Samuel Peluso. And I will continue to share more stories about him as I go through the grieving process, which by my, by, by the little bit of, studying that I've been doing. I think I'm barely through stage two, so we've got a long way to go. (laughs) I'm going to be coming to your town. I have so many shows coming up. I'm going to be traveling everywhere. You you can't even handle all of the places I'm going to be at. I'm going to be at the Just for Laughs Festival, which I'm very, very excited about. Uh, That's going to be in July. Uh, I'm going to be... I just was at the Funny Bone in Albany. I'm going to be at the Omaha Funny Bone, uh, William Peace University in August, Albright College in September, University of Scranton in September, University of Kansas in September, Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University, which I'm really excited to perform for because I love smart students. Uh, I'll be at the Comic Strip in Edmonton, Canada in early October. House of, Com- House of Comedy in Bloomington, Minnesota, mid-October, and The Funny Bone in Columbus, October, and also Witt- Wittenberg University in Ohio. 
I'm going to be back at the DC Comedy Loft in November. Uh, a couple more college dates, Syracuse Funny Bone, and uh, a bunch of other dates. If you go to jessiemay.com, check out those dates. Also, please check out my Weeds Day every Wednesday on Facebook and Instagram Live, our new time at 7 p.m. Pacific, 10 p.m. Eastern Standard, where I broadcast live from my abode and I raise awareness and advocacy for the Alzheimer's Association and Hilarity for Charity, Seth Rogen and Laura Rogan's charity who raises awareness and helps caregivers, uh, loved ones and caregivers who are helping those diagnosed with Alzheimer's disease. And, and I also get high as fuck while doing all this. Just showing you that you can get it all done if you need to. That's Weeds Day every Wednesday. Happy Weeds Day every Wednesday, 7 p.m. Pacific. I also am so happy you're here at the Sharp Tongue Podcast. Thank you for your continued patronage, and I will have my Patreon page up soon. Uh, YouTube page is up. Videos for Sharp Tongue are up there. Please check that out. Also, please rate and review the podcast. That helps me out so much. And I also like to know what you like the most. Let me take a sip of this. This wine, hold on. Let me know what you dig the most. Let me know how you feel about the podcast. It means a lot. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Tuning in. God, what is this, the 1980s? No, if it were the 1980s, my dad and I would be in the dome dog, standing up like we're nautical acrobatics. (laughs) Shout out to Joey P., the one and only, forever and ever, the greatest dad, my farter. The flatulent hero. Thank you so much for listening. And hey, if you have a parent you love, your father especially since it's on the subject, and they leave you voicemails, save them. Take videos and save them. And when they call, return their call. Because you never know when it's going to be their last one. So on that sad note, that farts for you, Joey P. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.